and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. We're back counting down our favorite songs from 80s movies. The Hustle's John Lamoureux is back with me. A couple months ago, we did our top 10 songs from 80s movies, but our love of 80s music, especially soundtracks from the 80s, is so large, we decided to make this into two parts. So today is counting down our top 10 most underrated, underappreciated songs from 80s movies. Same format applies. John is always great when he comes on, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. Okay, so now this is uh, part two of our 80s soundtrack countdown. Part one was our top 10 overall. And this one is our top 10 kind of under the radar, uh, underrated, you know, underappreciated. And to join me again to count down our list is The Hustle's John Lamoureux. John, uh, before we start, one of your most recent uh, interviews was fantastic. Liberty DeVito, drummer, former drummer of uh, Billy Joel, did all his uh, work, you know, for 30 years. I think they were together. Um, yeah. That must have been a great interview to do. Thank you very much for saying that. I was really, really proud of how it turned out. And I was kind of shocked that he agreed to even talk to me. But um, I mentioned in the episode that if anyone's seen that hired gun documentary that is so excellent, it really tells his story as it relates to Billy. And so I thought, well, let's see if I can maybe add a little bit more to that and then focus a lot on the music. I wanted to hear what songs and albums that Liberty felt a sense of ownership over. And that it kind of made for a really fun, different angle. On his career yeah and i i still i haven't watched hired gun yet it's been on my like, oh, you list got it. yeah I, I definitely you know plan to watch it and i don't want to give anything away in an interview but there's a couple songs that you might think differently after listening to the interview <laughs> very true <laughs> yeah I, I i was on my train ride home and i laughed out loud with some of them so I'll, I'll let all the listeners listen to that. I can't give that away because it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I agree. You'll yeah. never hear them the same way again. No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> all right. So with this one, same rules apply to part one. The song had to be on, made for the movie or been on the soundtrack prior to the album release of the artist. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty sure I did this. This one was a little, little harder for me. Because some of them, you know, like being obscure, underappreciated, it was kind of hard to find information on some of them. But I, I think I did okay. So I okay. think everything I got here preceded uh, a potential album by the artist that I did. So, Good. Uh, yeah. So if you want to start, number ten is yours. Okay. Um, I purposely sought out songs that were not also released as singles. That okay. was something that I. I sort of celebrated in the first half of this conversation right. songs like Don't You Forget About Me and No Easy Way Out and Fight the Power. I mean, these were great singles on the radio. I mostly for this one picked songs that were more album tracks or, right. you know, um, a little more obscure. Having said all that, this first one is the most well-known of anything. And I'm going to go with Night Ranger's The Secret of My Success <laughs> from the movie by the same name. Some new for in love. And 
picking that as an underrated song is because uh first and foremost i think night ranger are a very special band that don't get the credit they deserve they're one of the better if not the best uh melodic hard rock bands of the 80s um they weren't exactly hair metal they were more tuneful than that and they wrote great songs but everyone always thinks about you know sister christian and some of those other ones. Right. Uh, I feel like Secret of My Success gets lost in the shuffle, and yet it might be my favorite Night Rangers song. And so I want to give that a little bit of love. So I'm going to throw that one in at number 10. Right. And yeah, that, it's, it's a fun movie. Um, it's um, I haven't seen it in, in a few years. It's one I got to go back and watch. But I remember the soundtrack being pretty good as well. And that song is, is awesome. I, I like it a lot. And that movie, for whatever reason, is one of those when whenever it's on i i keep it on i've seen that movie 50 times and it's not even that great of a movie but it's just the ultimate comfort food for me yeah what i got a good chuckle out of the movie was just remember michael j fox's hair i remember which is really like you know off like character for him Uh i guess guess it fit the character of he was playing the movie but it was just for him it was just a little off but it was pretty funny yeah yeah, good point. Yeah. All right. So my number 10, um, it's interesting soundtrack. Um, the soundtrack is great. A lot of these songs don't appear on the soundtrack, but I'm going with Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master, which had oh. a fantastic soundtrack. Songs that were on it, you had, actually, that weren't on the soundtrack, you had Dramarama, Anything, Anything. Mm-hmm. You had Sinead O'Connor, which originally I was going to pick because I love this song, I Want Your Hands On Me, but unfortunately it wasn't on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. But I'm going with Go West. Don't be afraid of your dream.
And I love Go West, and I don't even know that song. Exactly, because it's, it's not on any of their stuff. Huh. And it's, it's just on the Nightmare on Elm Street 4 soundtrack, which also is impossible to find. Uh, Craig Sathin did the score to that movie. You can find that. The soundtrack is also impossible. It's, it's one of those things where maybe they didn't even make it. Maybe it was just all a dream. Maybe Freddie you know, came <laughs> up with it. But it, it's great. There's two versions of the song in the movie. There's one like an instrumental kind. I think uh, Craig Saffin had a, a little hand in it. And at the end credits was Go West. And Go West had, you know, obviously King Wishful Thinking in the 90s for um, Pretty, Pretty Woman. And mm-hmm. I, I was going to pick another Go West song. For my number ten, One Way Street from the Rocky Four soundtrack to you know obviously Rocky I thought you might. but I love this song and it had to bump the other one and I didn't want to pick two artists on my list. Mm. Of course, I'm going to contradict myself later on, but <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. But, th- but this one I, I just really like the song and it's um, probably besides the first Nightmare on Elm Street my favorite movie uh, of them. Uh, my wife's a big Nightmare on Elm oh. Street fan, but yeah, th- this one actually. I, it's really good. So it's uh, Go West, Don't right. Be Afraid of Your Dreams, my number 10 song. A uh, couple things. Number one, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Right. <laughs> I, I, I've always meant to, and yeah. I just have never gotten around to it. Right. Uh, number two is that I love the, the, the reasoning as to why you picked this song, because that to me is what is the magic and the purity of these especially 80s movie soundtracks, is that they're full of these great little nuggets that you're not going to find anywhere else. You have to dig to find... And if you love Go West and you know things like We Close Our Eyes and, and uh, you know, King of Wishful Thinking yeah. and the big hits, to think there's this little nugget from Go West that's hiding out there in the world somewhere and you have to go find it. That's why I think these movie soundtracks are so special, you know? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, thank God for YouTube. I mean, it's one of the, the best... Um, technological i think uh advances that we've had because you can find all this stuff on there and you can find this music you can just listen to it you don't even need any like you know streaming services because they're all on there and they might even have a snippet from the movie to play with the song playing but you also have a video or even just you know an album cover playing with playing the song Mm -hmm. over the album cover but thank god for youtube (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah uh well good one okay uh i'm gonna go with my number nine pick and uh, I'm going to go with the song Beat City by the Flower Pot Men mm-hmm. from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Surprise, I'll be there to watch you 
may know that there was never actually a soundtrack to Ferris Bueller's Day Off released at the time, um, which is strange. Now, there was some, I had the guy who, I just, the second realized this, I didn't plan this ahead of time, but I just remembered that I had the guy who did the soundtrack on my show, and there was some argument over the years that the reasoning was that the Beatles' Twist and Shout was going to be too expensive, and it was different than everything else that was on the soundtrack, so... We're just not going to do a soundtrack. and uh, But I don't know that that was the case. And if you really break it down, there's not, there were not soundtracks to a lot of those John Hughes movies at the time. Sixteen Candles doesn't have one. Uh, it has an EP, I think. Breakfast Club has a soundtrack, but half of it is instrumental. Right. They, it's, uh, it, he, we, we associate John Hughes movies with these great songs, and they are the best. But there's actually spotty soundtracking going on there. So anyway... Uh, these guys, the Flower Pot Men, they, the lead singer who I had on the show actually, uh, went on to become this really uh, big techno guy, and he did the sound, the m- music for the Matrix sequels. Oh, okay. Yeah, very interesting. But I've always loved this song. You hear it in the background. Yeah. On, uh, I think it's the montage when they're going into in, the driving into Chicago yep. after finally ditching school. Yeah. Great track. A great choice. That was, um, I, I thought long and hard about that one because that's like my really? favorite song from that movie. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I left it off because I kind of had a feeling that you were going to put it on. And really? I, I was right. Yeah. <laughs> I got transparent. <laughs> no, I just, I just had a feeling because you had some feelings on my previous list that you knew I was going to pick songs. I just had a feeling that that was going to land on your list, but that's uh, a great song nonetheless. <laughs> Good one. Okay. All right. So my number nine, uh, this is also this had a sneaky good soundtrack, um, Iron Eagle. Mm. And they had some great songs. Queen One Vision was on there. They had probably my favorite Katrina and the Wave song, Maniac House, was on there. But I'm going different direction here. It's a band called Adrenaline. And it's a song called Roar of the Gypsy. And Mm. um, they kind of had a cult following. They were huge in the Midwest. They were all all from Detroit. Uh, They just never made it big. Uh, nationwide, but uh, they had a, a couple really solid albums in the in the mid '80s, and I'm attempting to get one of the members on my show, hopefully soon. Very cool. uh, yeah, I reached out on Facebook. Also, thank you know, thankfully these uh, former bands are on Facebook, and you can contact yeah. them. You know, like, like you do on your show as well. Uh, sure. So yeah, the song. I mean, the movie. Hey, you know, it's a typical '80s movie. You know, but the soundtrack makes that movie and we talked about in previous show how music kind of like pumps up the the movie whether it's a score Mm -hmm. or good you know selected songs and i think this soundtrack totally helps this movie
funny uh watching cobra kai over the over the fall and seeing you know johnny lawrence only watch iron eagle yes <laughs> so he really you know truly stuck in the 80s so uh, totally that's great i haven't seen that movie in a long time but I, it's a fun one and i actually have that soundtrack and i haven't listened to it in so long that i barely remember this song so this is good because this is i'm always on the lookout for obscure and good 80s soundtrack music. So this is inspiring me to get back into it. Yeah, and then um, they made, I, I can't remember how many sequels they made to Iron Man, yeah. but what always infuriated me was how they killed off uh, Doug Masters, played by Jason Gedrick, in the first two minutes of the second movie. Or supposedly killed because the character was brought back in Iron Eagle 7, 17, I, I don't know which one, <laughs> played by a different character, but I'm like, come on. And they couldn't even get Jason oh, Gedrick to great. play him. But, you know, God bless Louis Gossett Jr., who was in all hey. of those sequels, you know? <laughs> yeah, keep getting them checks. Yeah. I've only ever seen the first one. I don't think I ever watched any of the sequels. Maybe, yeah. like, on a Saturday afternoon in the background. But, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Uh, well, good. That's classic. Okay. Uh, my number eight pick is a fairly obscure one. I don't know if you're going to know this one. It is the song Love Hates from the Tough Turf soundtrack. And it's by Marianne Faithful.
got a famous or, you know, well-known soundtrack. And um, she is sort of this beloved figure who's never, you know, had like massive mainstream success. I guess, you know, part of it is probably if you're Mick Jagger's girlfriend for a long time and you get to be famous for years and years after that. But um, she eventually had, you know, a lot of drug problems. And now she's sort of like this, uh, this royalty figure. She's sort of a queen or an icon of uh, women in rock. And this is a very synth heavy kind of dark brooding. um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's really sort of gets me energetic, even though it's more on the doomy gloomy side, but I, you just can't go wrong with some really good synths in a song. And and I'm going to go with this one. I have a feeling you don't know it. I will send it to you so you can hear it. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've, I've heard of Marianne Faithful. I just don't know the song, but, yeah, I'll yeah. definitely look forward to listening to that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I'll raise you my number eight because I have a feeling you haven't heard this one. Um, I recently had the star of this movie, My Demon Lover, on uh, Scott Valentine, and he regrets making this movie. Yeah, uh, he if he would go back, he said he would rather kind of be because his character of Nick was huge on Family Ties at that at that point. So they wanted to capitalize it by having him be in a movie. He he wished he would have just kind of take a bit part in a smaller movie, kind of like what mm-hmm. Jason Priestley did at the height of nine hundred two and zero. He was in Tombstone, and Tombstone's yeah. a great movie with all the stars in it, and he had a small part. So you kind mm-hmm. of wish he did that. But needless to say, my demon lover is still out there. And the best part of that movie, I think, is the song called "Let Go" by a band called Intimate Strangers.
impossible to find any of their stuff. Thank God for YouTube. Um, I, I think they released like two albums. There's also, unfortunately, with bands like that, when they're gone for a while, another band kind of takes that name. Totally mm-hmm. different music. So I was looking for stuff and I found Intimate Strangers. I'm like, ooh, okay, let me do some research and maybe even look to booking a guest. Completely different band I was looking into. <laughs> so you kind of have to do that because you can't rely also. It's surprising you can't rely on the internet for all your information because yeah. they they grouped things together and they kind of grouped uh, the 80s inter, Intimate Strangers with you know the Let Go song with another one from uh, Ireland from the 90s. Mm. But yeah, t- take a look. It's definitely on YouTube. The song it's it's you know very poppy. Um, I guess you can say it's kind of like a, a go west type band. Okay. But yeah, okay. No, this, the song was good. Um, Let go, Intimate Strangers. So two things. Number one, that was a great interview with Scott Valentine. Oh, by the you. way, great thank work. Uh, secondly, the more you were talking, I think one of my listeners sent me a link to some Intimate Strangers songs once. Ooh, okay. And uh, if I if it's the band I'm thinking of, I remember loving it. So I have a feeling if I go back and and hear this song and it reminds me of that other thing that I got, I'm going to like this. So that's probably a really good pick. Good job. Thanks. Yeah, you, you definitely will. I mean, I, I know your taste now and you definitely will yeah. like this song. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Let me see. 10, 9, 8, 7. We're going to go to 7. Yep. Hang on. Okay. want to make sure I have these in the right order. Uh, for number 7, we are going to go with some R&B. Okay. I got a couple R&B songs. Three R&B songs on here. Nice. The first one is uh, Show Me How It Works by Mavis Staples from the Wildcats soundtrack.
Uh, this is actually a really, really good soundtrack. And the way that I judge that is by, I don't, I mean, I've seen Wildcats, that movie, like a hundred times. Right, yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. And what, that's what makes soundtracks kind of fun is that you do, you weren't hearing these songs on the radio. So the nostalgia or the memory or the good vibes you have of a song relates to a movie that also brings you these good vibes. And this is the scene in the movie when she, Goldie Hawn, is trying to rally the football players who are just not giving her any respect. And she challenges them that she can run longer than them <laughs> around this track. And they do it and they start. it starts raining and she wins. The song that's playing while they're doing this is a very climactic scene in a very good movie yeah. is Show Me How It Works. And Mavis Staples is obviously kind of a legend, you know, a gospel right. R&B legend. I really like this song. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun movie. Uh, the first collaboration, I mean, all those small parts of Woody Harrelson and uh, Wesley Snipes together. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that was it. Yeah, and that's probably my favorite movie that she's in. Probably that and Private ben Benjamin. I would have to agree. Yeah. yeah. Although, like, my wife, you know, <laughs> off subject. Overboard. Will, 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 overboard or the first yeah. Wives Club and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. It's just like, oh, God. But, yeah, yeah anytime you give me, you know, Wild Cats or Private Benjamin, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Totally. Okay. Um, good pick. Definitely a good pick. Thanks. Yeah, my, uh, my number seven is by a band whose lead singer we both had, Jack Hughes. So ah. yeah, Wang Chung, and they did this whole entire soundtrack. Director of the movie, uh, To Live and Die L.A., uh, Wade Freakin, you know, best from Exodus and stuff like that, reached out because he absolutely loved Wang Chung. And he wanted him to do not only a song, but he did. they did the whole entire soundtrack, which ended up being their third album. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was the song Wait that they, that Wayne Freakin fell in love with, but... I'm going with the title track of the movie To Live and Die in L.A.
I, I, it's kind of under the radar as opposed to other Wang Chung stuff. I know it's out there and it was a very popular movie, but compared to Wang Chung's, obviously, you know, points on the curve and, you know, all their other stuff, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going with this one anyway because it's it's under the radar for, for their stuff. And I think even the movie is still a little bit under the radar as well. Yeah. Um, that's a really good pick. And that movie is great. Yeah. I, I rewatched it again recently and it's for 80. It's kind of like that Miami vice gritty, yeah, totally. you know, but also in neon vibe. It's a great movie. And that is a great song. In fact, I would argue that of all their stuff, I almost feel like the live it to live and let die soundtrack has aged the best, you know? Yeah. I feel like that's, that's the album that I go back to and I'm still learning new things and I'm hearing new things and I'm finding surprises there. You, we can't hear, everybody Wang Chung tonight again with it and have it be fresh. But there's still freshness in that soundtrack. Very good point. Very good pick. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Good. Okay. Um, the, my number six, that's what we're on now, right? Yep. Okay. Number six is a guy I had on the show and, uh, his name is John Fiore. And this is a song called the heavenly kid out on the edge. From the Heavenly Kids soundtrack. I'm heading for some place that ain't in a dream. I'm heading where no mortal man's ever been. And you may never see my face again. With the eyes of a fool and a heart full of fire. I'm climbing a mountain that keeps getting high. I'm playing a game where no one's supposed to win. one of the i think it's a great example of again kind of going back to like melodic rock of the 80s it's uh it's not hard rock or heavy metal but it's just beautiful aor rock from the period um 
John has a really stellar voice. When I had him on the show, we talked about it a little bit. He had been in this band, I think called Preview, that never went anywhere, uh, got picked to sing this song. It didn't necessarily amount to a single or a solo career, so he went back and sang a lot of jingles, and he made oodles of money for years doing that. And these days, his wife, who was not his original wife, I think he's on his maybe second or third, but his wife is Charlie Sheen's former mother-in-law. Okay. (laughs) So one of Charlie Sheen's wives, I think the one after Denise Richards, uh, it's her mom. So anyway, just a weird little, you know, all these like connective tissues of weirdness going into the John Fiore, but great voice, great song. One last thing, I know I'm talking too long, but the song is funny because it's like, uh, it's four minutes long, but it's really only about two and a half. The last half of it practically is just sort of a vamp. It's almost like they needed to stretch it out in order to, I don't know, kill time in the movie or something like that. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a good one. I love it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Um, Another Jason Gidrick movie. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. And And that's another movie that even though it's terrible, I watch it every time it's on TV. Oh yeah. Me too. Me too. And I, I've, I've tried a few times actually. I've heard back from uh, Lewis Smith, who plays uh, Bobby Fantana. Oh. And, um, yeah, I heard back, you know, the typical one time. He says, yeah, he'll, he'll you know, like, get back to me, uh-huh. and then I, I never hear back. So, oh. yeah. He would be a dream. He would be a dream. By the way, you can cut this out if you want. You were t- I thought of someone else I'd love for you to talk to. Maybe you've tried. Uh, Lee McCloskey. Do you know who he is? The name sounds familiar. This he was like an 80s heartthrob if you remember just one of the guys he was oh, uh, uh joyce heiser's boyfriend, boyfriend. At the beginning. Oh, okay and he was also in fraternity vacation and he was in hamburger the movie <laughs> and uh anyway right maybe i thought that might be a name that registered with you if it doesn't never mind but he was <laughs> he was this swarthy sex symbol in all these 80s movies back in the day um, kind of disappeared uh, roy right that was his name in the movie right i think that's his what is his name in the movie in just one of the guys? Yeah. Um, I can't remember, I can't. but his real name, I think, is Lee, Lee okay. McCloskey or something like All that. All right. Yeah, I'll look into it. Anyway. I, I love that. I movie. think he was on Dallas. Okay. For a little. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was just, I oh, had no. some inspiration the other day and I thought I would share it. Oh, no. Yeah, definitely. I, I appreciate it because, you know, sometimes like you, you, you know, you kind of run out of ideas. Uh-huh. And, you know, it's like you need like just, you know, other people like, oh, what about this guy? What about that guy? So I, I, I get that a lot. And most of the time it's like I people bet. I've reached out to. But, mm-hmm. you know, this one's good because I've, I've reached out to uh, Tony Hudson, who played uh, oh, you you know, his friend. And we've been playing, you know, kind of like email tag for a while now. So I, you know, yeah. hope to get her on soon because she has a fantastic good. story. So, yeah. yeah, good, man. Yeah. That's well, good. Anyway. I, I sometimes use your podcast as my own sort of, you know, I don't do what you do, so I have to you sort of live through you. Right. Like, ooh, what would I want to do? Well, I'm going to tell Noel to do it, and then he can do it for me in a way. Yeah, so, absolutely. It's kind of like an on de- on-demand uh, podcast, right? Right, right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. sorry, you cut all that out. I oh, no, I'll keep it in, absolutely, because, I, I mean, anyone who's listening, uh, shameless plug for both our podcasts, uh, yeah, True. you know, contact us for guest ideas, because we'll yeah. definitely reach out. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so my number six... Um, 
one of the most popular movie franchises ever, the James Bond uh, series. Um, although I'm kind of like a casual fan. I haven't seen all of them, but I, I've seen all the ones in the 80s. And uh, this one, kind of a transition period because this was the first one with Timothy Dalton. And he, you know, he did two of them, Living Daylights, which one I'm going to talk about. And then he did License to Kill. Both of them kind of forgettable movies, but the theme song to Living Daylights is fantastic by Aha. Bond theme and had a hand in all the soundtracks he kind of had a little contentious relationship with the band uh they released the song on the soundtrack and then they ended up releasing their version of the song on their uh stay stay on these roads album but the song in the movie is fantastic best thing about the movie because the movie is kind of forgettable but you know the (laughs) the bond movies had great um 80s theme songs Mm-hmm. You know, Sheena Easton for your eyes only, A View to the Kill by uh, Duran Duran. But this one, kind of under the radar of the three. That's mm-hmm. why it kind of had a nice place on my list. Good for you. Um, I love AHA. If there was one 80s band, them and maybe Flock of Seagulls, that right. I wish people who liked 80s music. I feel like those get, those bands get put in a box. Agreed. Oh, those are the take on me guys. Exactly. Or those are the Iran guys. Right. I don't need to discover more than that. 
And there is so much good music in, especially with AHA, right. that is just waiting to be discovered if you would just open your mind just a little bit, you know? Yeah, agreed. Take me, take on me is like the tip of the iceberg. That's the 50th most interesting song they have. Oh, you know what I mean? Totally. It's, yeah, it's not even my favorite song by them. And no. I, yeah, I saw them in concert about nine years ago. Their farewell, uh-huh. and of course, now they're back together touring Europe and Hopefully so they'll come to the you know the states because they'd be mm-hmm. a fantastic, fantastic show. But yeah, they're they're fantastic, and I like you said, people need to to discover their music more I so because you know the video makes that song. The song is great, but the video makes the Take on Me song even better. Sure, you know it does. Yeah, yeah, good pick. I Thanks. love Aha. Um, I've never been a big James Bond fan. Yeah, I mean, in passing, but... I'll watch them. Although the <laughs> last couple with um. Daniel Craig have been fantastic. That's right. I, I do like those a lot. But prior to that, I just was not, I didn't cheesy, care that much about know. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, good. All right. So number five for me is, uh, this one was difficult, I will admit, because, so my all-time favorite soundtrack, above and beyond anything else, is the Some Kind of Wonderful soundtrack. Okay. A John Hughes one that I mentioned I mentioned earlier. And I could pick anything off of that one. But I'm kind of in the mood today to pick uh, the cover of Can't Help Falling in Love by Lick the Tin.
It's a very different, kind of a Celtic hootenanny type vibe or take on the song. I, I'm, I'm assuming most people listening to your pod know it, but just in case you don't, it's a really fresh, different take than all the other versions of Can't Help Falling in Love that you've heard. It's kind of a bulletproof song, so even a bad version of that song mm-hmm. is still pretty good. But this is the song that plays over the very end when uh, Watts and Keith decide they love each other and they kiss and they walk off into the street. I was going to say the sunset, but it's not. It's the street lamp right? because it's nighttime. And uh, anyway, it's great stuff. Love it. Yeah, great pick. And um, I'd go off on a little tangent here, but uh, back to the Liberty DeVito thing because you kind of mentioned having not a bad version of, of the song kind of hit the light bulb doing the um kind of intertwine of all the covers of the uh, billy joel song yeah and i don't want to give it away because it, it's, it's great but <laughs> well done I, I really appreciate well um, i wish i could take credit for that my buddy paul underwood see this is i i'm the luckiest guy in the world because i don't produce any of my episodes right because i'm just horrible when it comes to technology and so i do these things with friends and my good friend Paul Underwood was stepping in that week, and uh, he came up with all of that. It was genius, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was. It was really good. I, yeah, I yeah. applaud him. Uh, yeah, it's it's a pain in the ass to produce and edit these uh, shows, but <laughs> yes. you know, it's it, it's also a lot of fun. You know, and yeah, if, um, I know it's a labor of love. Yeah, exactly. And when it stops doing that, I'll stop doing the show. But right. I, I don't see that happening for a long time now. No. <laughs> Me neither. Me yeah. neither. Yeah, but a good pick. All right, my number five. I had a song from the soundtrack on part one. Um, this one, this song is, is very vital in the movie. It's from Eddie and the Cruisers, but it's the song Season in Hell.
kind of ties the whole movie together and gives kind of the plot of, of the movie. And it's the this, this song that's playing the big reveal of the movie. I don't want to spoil alert for a movie that's 35 years old, but <laughs> but you know, uh, the, the band in, in the movie, uh, Eddie, mainly Eddie, it's fo- following up the hit of you know, from their first album, The, the Tender Years, and they, they he wants a different sound, something that's never been done before. The record companies hate it, Satin Records, they, they hate it. Eddie runs off in the car, and we all know what happens. So, the big reveal at the end playing this song uh it's such a different song than anything else on that soundtrack and i also forgot to say that it's by john caffrey and the beaver brown band who mm. did a fantastic job with this song mm-hmm. uh that's great i mean their work on i'm going to say something controversial here i actually prefer eddie and the cruisers 2 to eddie and the cruisers 1 even though that's infamous for being one of the worst uh, sequels ever. Right. But um, their work on those two soundtracks is just, it's, it's so good. And I think I may have mentioned this on the first one. They get slagged off a lot for being like these uh, Springsteen ripoffs. Right. Right. I actually think I prefer their work in the eighties than Springsteen's work in the eighties. Okay. So I am totally okay with John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band. I love them. Yeah, and I know we both tried to get him on, and he's mm-hmm. you know very uh, very slippery. <laughs> he is. Yeah, but no, it's um, I, I appreciate the sequel. Uh, I, I think you like it more than I do, but it's um, anytime it's on, I'll sit and watch it. You know, it's, yeah, it's one of those things like, oh man, all right, because it's not on that much anymore. It used to be on a lot. Yeah. And anytime I see him, I, I get a little excited. Oh, you know, because the music's great, and uh, anytime you get to see Michael Pere act it's always a lot of fun so <laughs> yeah good one yeah good pick okay all right i'm gonna for number five i'm going back to the r&b well uh this is a track i just love I, it's one of those that i can put on repeat forever and ever it's called better way it's by james ingram and it's from the beverly hills cop 2 soundtrack
Um, I this movie is terrible. Yeah, I hate Beverly Hills Cop too. I tried watching it again recently, and it's just it's awful. Yeah, I'm glad you you agree with me on that. Oh, totally. But the soundtrack is great. great. Yeah, yes, it's great. So many great kind of off the Jets are on there. Oh yeah, the Jets. Uh, Charlie Sexton. Yeah, tons of good like R and B pop R and B songs on there, and this is my favorite song off of it and it's one of my favorite soundtracks so i gotta give a little love to james ingram i think he's great i miss him a lot yeah he's he was fantastic and then um, obviously bob seger with uh shakedown yeah the, the big hit from mm-hmm. that movie um but yeah as as bad as probably those cop two is the third one is just like oh, that, oh my God. that just had to be a paycheck for eddie murphy <laughs> you know to support I, by then he probably had just six kids i think he's up to 10 now but <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, they're both just unwatchable. The sad thing is Beverly Hills Cop 3 was directed by John Landis, who should know better. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know? Yeah. That that also had to be for him just, you know, paying for a summer at home or something like that. And yes. just, you know, just mailed it in because that, that was yeah. just like brutal. But uh, yeah, soundtrack oh. for Beverly Hills Cop 2 was great. So that, that was definitely a great pick. Good. Yeah, right. My number four ties in with number five at Eddie and the Cruisers Part 2. Uh, I mm. didn't want to do two, but I just love this song and I had to do it. It's Running Through the Fire.
in consideration for my list as well. Yeah, it's, good for you. it's great. You know, they played a few times during the movie and they played at the end also with another big reveal. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, you, you also forget just um, how well Michael Pere lip synced to mm-hmm. the music and it, he does another great job on, on that soundtrack as well. And yeah, yeah the song just, it's great. It is. I mean, we've talked about it so much, so yeah. I, don't, I don't have more to add. Right. But you mentioning that about Michael Perret, it's true. That see, John Cavity's voice looks like it should be coming out of Michael Perret's face. Absolutely. And it's still just too big of a disconnect for some people to think that it's not actually Michael Perret singing that song. Right. It, it just feels like it naturally should be. So, right. yeah, yeah. good pick. Yeah, thanks. And when I had him on the show, I asked him about that. It's like how many people... Did you know, actually believe that you, mm-hmm. you know, saying that he goes everybody, yeah, everybody, did. yeah. <laughs> that was another good interview, by the way. Oh, thanks. Um, sure. Uh, okay, number four. Number four. Uh, this one's a little. This one's sexy. I'm just going to be outright honest about it. <laughs> this is sexy music, and uh, I'm going to go with "Love on a Train" from Risky Business soundtrack nice. "Tangerine Dream." This is that hauntingly sexy theme that's kind of running throughout during the, like, you know, having sex on the L train, basically, scenes. They're hot. 
Um, it's moody. It's like that Marianne Faithful song I mentioned earlier. It's moody and dark, but also really beautiful and sexy at the same time. Uh, I love it. It, it just it, it connotes such imagery. Whenever you hear it, there's no you don't passively listen to this song. It is just burrowing inside of you, causing all these feelings and, and moods. I love it. It's powerful. Yeah, a great pick. And uh, Rebecca DeMarnay, oh, top-notch, mm-hmm. top-notch in that movie. <laughs> top-notch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, she, she, yeah she, good pick. All right, uh, my number three, um, it's a little bit of an interesting song, um, more of a rap song mm. by two people who have no business rapping. It's from Dragnet. It's City, I knew City that's of Crime. What you're gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> this is the city. It's a city of crime. My name is Friday. I carry a badge. 3:15 a.m. Thursday, January 15th. It was chilly that morning in the City of Angels. On this particular occasion, we happened to witness a pagan ritual in progress. <laughs> We're just in time. We have stumbled into a major crime. They got the girl off right. Now that's not nice. I think she is the subject of a sacrifice. Buddy, we're putting this party on ice. But don't you know we really ought to read them their rights? Read them their rights. Read them their rights.
It's I I love this movie and it's basically because now they re reboot remake everything and back then they really didn't do that in the mid mid eighties it kind of started like maybe the early nineties I think and then I think Brady Bunch is when they really started spoofing that stuff but uh, Dan Aykroyd Tom Hanks they did a great job rapping and doing the song and the video was even uh, choreographed by Paul Abdul. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and um, the movie is great. They did a great, great job. And when I was researching this, I read an article, and this made me laugh pretty hard, loud. Uh, Siskel and Ebert, they both gave it two mm -hmm. thumbs up. Uh, Siskel went even further, saying that Dan Aykroyd should have got an Oscar nomination for oh his portrayal gosh. of Joe Friday. Wow. Yeah, so I it's... Wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, he did a great job, but... Um, I don't know how recent it was. I think it might have been when Tom Hanks was filming uh, Sully. He was mm. on the Graham Norton show. Mm. And he, Graham Norton asked him about it. He's like, you did a rap once. And, you know, Tom, you know, kind of blushed a little bit and then went out and just did the whole rap. <laughs> oh, so great. I don't know if that was planned or not, but he yeah. did a great job. Um, his kids even mentioned, to, you know, Tom about, because, you know, Dragnet, it's not, before Tom Hanks became a serious actor, he was in like, you know, all these movies, you know, Bachelor mm -hmm. Party and, you mm -hmm. know, and this one in Splash and stuff like that. Yeah. So the kids found it on YouTube and played it for him and, you know, kind of blushed. And uh, yeah, the way they went. But uh, nice. I, I love that movie. The, the video is great. The song is great. And it's also one of those where it's kind of hard to find as well. Mm -hmm. So thank God for YouTube. <laughs> Good for you, man. Yeah. I, uh... So real quick, so two things. One, number one, I saw this video, I think on Friday night video. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I bought the tape. Right. And I wore this part out. Uh, this was my favorite song on the tape. Right. And that movie, I wish I loved it as much as I should because it should be right in my wheelhouse. I think it's fun, but all the like pagan, yeah. uh, it just gets too, it gets too dark right. for uh, what should be a lighthearted, fun movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wonder if uh, Dan Aykroyd wrote, had, I think he may have written that movie or had a hand in writing yeah, it. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Because that's true for a lot of his movies. Even Dr. Detroit, which is not a good movie, no. gets goes into these weird, ter dark territories. Right. And then, of course, um, what's it called? Nothing Last... No, what's the one with Chevy Chase and Demi Moore and John Candy? It's like the worst movie of all time. And it's almost it is unwatchable. What what is that called? Nothing lasts forever. Nothing oh. to fear. What's that called? It's gonna kill me. Oh, um, it's like the are they in like a, a haunted house or something? Kind that's, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Nothing but trouble. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, that, that's it. Okay. The most unpleasant watching <laughs> experience of all time. So anyway, right. you can tell Dan Aykroyd just has some weird dark stuff going on inside. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, strange. totally. And uh, Dan Aykroyd actually wanted. Um, Jim Belushi to play the Pep Strebeck character. Really? In Dragnet. And unfortunately, he was unavailable, thankfully. Huh. Uh, I'm not really a <laughs> big Jim Belushi fan. So, uh, uh, yeah, thankfully, Tom Hanks was available. And um, 
yeah, it was the version yeah. of Connie Swell and all those Dabby Coleman, you know, obviously yeah. playing the sleazy, um, uh-huh. you know, nudie magazine, you know, uh, yeah. Ed and Christopher Plummer. I mean, Christopher Plummer in this movie, it's like how, yeah. you know, <laughs> I know, I know, it, it's great. I know, but, it's uh, true. Yeah, um, fun, I'm fun gonna make song. another controversial statement. I prefer Jim Belushi to John Belushi. Wow, okay. I know. I know. I've never seen what was so great about Jim, John Belushi, right. and I think Jim is is a riot. I always like uh, he's a welcome presence in anything he does to me, right. and I know I'm one of the few that feels that way. So yeah, I just remember um, on The Simpsons they, they were The Simpsons were going somewhere. They're on a plane. And Homer looks, oh, look, it's Jim Belushi filming a movie <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> Just... Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Uh, okay, good. Are we on number two? Number two, yeah. That's... Okay, number two. Uh, number two is from the Sid and Nancy soundtrack. Okay. And this is the theme song, Joe Strummer with Love Kills. interesting soundtrack and this is a great song i i will admit there's i have some hesitancy because it's really a perfect riff stretched out to make a song and i have some kind of a there's not a lot of like 
dynamic to it. It doesn't go in all these interesting places, but it is one of the most killer riffs in rock history turned into just a great four minute song or whatever it is. So I love Joe. I miss Joe. Yeah. And, um, uh, this song is just cooks. I love it. So I'm going to go with love kills. Awesome. I've, I've never seen the movie. I have to go uh, back and, and see it. Gary Oldman was in it, right? Yeah. He yeah. plays Sid Vicious. Yeah. I, I have to have to see it, but, um, yeah, I mean, sex pistols are great. And obviously Joe Strummer, fantastic. And, uh, mm-hmm. clash. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. My number two, um, from the Karate Kid soundtrack, and it's uh, No Shelter by Broken Edge. You know, playing during the you know the big Halloween party where you know the bully Daniel Russo kind of puts the hose on uh, Johnny uh-huh. Lawrence rolling the joint, and you know the hilarity ensues as he you know being chased by whole Cobra Kai, and that's pretty much where we see the whole also reveal where Miyagi is just kicking everybody's ass by the fence. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the song just makes that scene as well. It does. You know, it's and, good. Yeah, and the band also just had the one album and they were gone. Uh, another broken edge. I think this band is a heavy metal band in Germany. Took the name, mm. so it's also similar to like Intimate Strangers with uh, you know previously on the list where you look for something mm-hmm. and you 
by the band, you get completely other music. So, yeah. But yeah. yeah, this one, they were at least one album, and this song wasn't even on the album. This was just uh. solely for the soundtrack. And it's wow. a great soundtrack. So, it my is. number two. Yep. <laughs> Good pick. Two things about this. Number one, uh, have you, did you, have you ever noticed that when the Cobra Kai guys in their skeleton costumes run out of the bathroom and Elizabeth Shue trips them. Yeah. That there's actually a bones falling on the ground, uh, uh, sound effect going on in, uh, in the movie as if those guys are actual skeletons. Right. Next time you watch that movie, listen for when they all fall to the ground, because it sounds like mm-hmm. a bunch of bones have just hit the ground when obviously it's people, right. Not oh, actual skeletons. That's anyway, fantastic. a little funny yeah. bit of trivia. That's great. Secondly, the Karate Kid soundtrack is so much fun. And maybe you did this too, since we kind of share a brain about a lot of this stuff. I noticed when I watched Cobra Kai, only one song from the original soundtrack made it to the Cobra Kai series. And yeah, it's the Young Hearts, right? One, what's that? Well, Young Hearts, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I've been trying to find that. I found that guy and I've emailed him a couple of times to get him on my show and right. he's never responded. Okay. That was what? Commuter, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. The guy's name, I think is Dave Miranda okay. or Miranda or something right. like that. And, um, I think commuter is, I don't know that they ever even put out a whole album. I gotcha. think that song might be the only thing they really did. Right. I I got the vinyl of the soundtrack when it came out. <laughs> I actually won a raffle. I don't even remember where we were. We were just somewhere when I was younger, I was eight years old and I won it. I'm like, Oh, you know, it's awesome. Cause I just saw the movie and I was like, you know, obsessed with it. And I still have it in my mom's house. Of course, we don't have you. You know, a, a record player anymore, but still have the albums. <laughs> good. Yeah. good for you, man. Yeah. All right. Good pick. Now, number one. Um, there's a lot of songs that could have been number one, but this is the one I'm kind of feeling right now. And it's the theme song to Breakin'. There's No Stopping Us <laughs> oh. by Ollie and Jerry. Yes. Oh, 
I didn't know that I didn't know that that was ever released as a single, but apparently it was. Yeah, it was I don't yeah. remember ever hearing it on the radio or anything like that. Um, but I love that song. And it's it's great because it's not um, I keep going back to the synth sound. I know that synthesizers are always you know associated with the 80s. Right. And so some people it turns them off because they think, oh, this sounds old or dated or 80s. I feel I don't feel that way. And this song to me sounds really still really fresh. It doesn't sound like um, anything kind of gimmicky or um, it sounds more timely than that. Timeless, I should say. It sounds more timeless than that. And uh, I just think it's a great hook, great melody. I don't know who Ollie and Jerry are, but they sing the heck out of it. It's uh, it's a winner. I love this song a lot. So I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, it's funny you mention this because this was like, this just missed my honorable mention on the other top ah. 10 list because I, I love the song as well. Uh, the movie, you know, is, is great. Um, I have no rhythm, so watching that movie just, you know, kind of gives me rhythm. But uh-huh. it's, yeah, it's a fantastic song. Uh, yeah. Great choice, great choice. Good. Yeah, okay, Good. My, my, yeah, my number one, I think people know, might know the song, definitely know the band, but might not know that it was actually in a movie. So that's why I kind of went with it. It's Something Real by Mr. Mister. Here in this human race Hey! 
which I absolutely loved. I've been trying to yeah. get any member of the band on. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, the song was featured in Youngblood with Rob Lowe. Uh, very small part. They were in a bar and they played in the jukebox. So they actually re-released or re-recorded this song for their Go On album following uh, Welcome to the Real World, which was a massive mm-hmm. hit. Uh, the video of the song is completely 80s completely cheesy oh my gosh it is awesome i i I, I absolutely love this song and i actually didn't see youngblood when it first came out so i sort of a few years after Mm -hmm. it did so i had the go on uh cassette tape at that point Mm -hmm. so when i heard the song in the in the movie i'm like oh this is awesome like this movie came out like two years before the album did it ended mm-hmm. up being like I think a year and a half, and that's why they ended up re-releasing it. So that's why I, I kind of went with it because people don't even remember. They might not remember the song mm-hmm. by Miss Mister anyway because it's not one of their biggest hits. But mm-hmm. I'm sure they certainly don't remember it from the movie. <laughs> uh, that's that's a really I didn't know any of this, and okay. I love Mister Mister. And like you, I saw that movie much later. It was probably I don't know ten years ago or right. something like that. And it's a great '80s movie. Plus the the girl in there whose name I'm blanking on. Oh, uh, so Cynthia Gibb. Cynthia Gibb. Yeah super hot she's yeah. naked and there's right. nothing better than that yeah. in the 80s you know right so anyway um i love this song too it was the first single off go on it was yeah and that video i remember at the time thinking this is the greatest video i've ever seen and <laughs> yeah. i rewatched it again when i got ready to talk to steve yeah and it's one of those videos that should come with some kind of a warning that if you have a- epilepsy oh, I- you might absolutely. have a seizure yeah you know what i mean right <laughs> it's too much I mean, at the time, it was like, look at what we can do with all these cool tricks in exactly. our editing bay or whatever. Right. And now it's just like, please stop with the motioning. I, it, but it's a classic. Great yeah. song. I didn't know that it was – I'd forgotten completely that it was on that soundtrack. So good work. Thanks. And, and it's funny because like those floating uh, Richard Page heads all over going yes. around and the rest of the band falling. And it's like he's walking around with an umbrella. And, you know, the band members are falling on him. It's um yeah it's it's a classic and I kind of wish that they would put out something together again because uh, mm-hmm. they really worked and their albums were fantastic and the Steve Ferris interview you did was top five of the ones you've done and anyone who mm-hmm. hasn't listened to it who is a Mister Mister fan or is not even Mister because he tells some great stories as yeah. well just of all the you know musicians he's worked with it, it's it, that was a really fantastic episode you did thank you um, I can tell you that. Mr. Mr. Minus Steve Ferris, which I don't understand this, right. are working on new music right now. Oh, wow. Uh, 
Yeah, I had the person who was filling in for Steve Ferris. I interviewed him recently. It hasn't come out. Okay. But um, he, uh, yeah, it's not it's not going to be a full album. Right. It's going to be like a couple of songs put out as like love letters to the fans. Like, oh. thanks guys for supporting right. us. Oh, that's awesome. So I don't know when, but that stuff's coming. Oh, that's great. Because I know like Richard Page does a lot of work with like Ringo Starr's band. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he was the holdup, right? All the time. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, and that, and I think he and Steve Ferris have some falling out. Yeah, I think they like and respect each other, but probably just don't want to work together. Gotcha. And it's logistically, you know, how do we work around? How do we do Mister Mister without Steve and not make it, um, I don't know, dramatic? Right. Maybe. So anyway. All right, but good. they'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's definitely good hopefully. news. You hear some, you know, music from that band because they're they're one of my favorites. Same. Yeah. All right. So um, yeah, that's our top ten. But of course, we have some honorable mentions. Uh, <laughs> you you want to go uh, first? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. It's funny because this top ten is basically an honorable mention. Exactly. Top ten. Right. And now we're doing honorable mentions, mentions for our top ten honorable mentions. I know. It's like everyone gets a trophy, right? <laughs> uh-huh, exactly. Uh, now, remind me again, are we doing, like, I'm just going to list my three honorable mentions, or are we going back and forth? Uh, you can do your three, and I'll do my three. Okay. Okay. Uh, I purposely, uh, in keeping with the theme here, there are so many great uh, 80s soundtrack songs that everybody knows and that are classics that I I'm not listing in either, well, especially in this list, because everyone knows them. And I'm just kind of trying to shed a little light on some other really good songs. So the three that I've picked kind of keep in the same vibe that I'm going with, which are under the radar. One of them is uh, Keeping the Dream Alive by Freiheit from the Say Anything soundtrack. Do you remember this song at all? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I've only seen Say Anything once, and that was in the theaters. Dude! Yeah, that was it. Only once in the theaters. What? I know. Oh, I know. my gosh. I, I have to turn in my 80s card. But, oh. yeah. So, I'm okay. hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to get Ioni Sky on. Oh, so, obviously, if I do, I know. If I do, I'll, I'll watch that movie a few times. But, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, so uh, I well, if you get song. Ioni Sky on, you got to watch... The Rachel Papers okay. and Gas Food Lodging. Because oh, yes. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. Rachel Papers is one of my favorite movies ever, let alone of the 80s. Right. And she's naked in both of them. Okay. So you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, anyway, the uh, everyone's going to think I'm such a perv. I'm just, look, we're dudes and we love of the course. 80s because yeah. of many different things. And naked, beautiful actresses is one of those things, like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyway. Uh, anyone who knows or is familiar with the movie and especially the soundtrack will know exactly what the song is. And you may even recognize when you hear it. It's this strange sort of, um, I don't know, it's just really memorable. And yet no one knows anything about this band. I tried to find them once and I, I didn't stick with it. I should do it again. But anyway, Keeping the Dream Alive by Freiheit from Say Anything. Another one is Winter Takes It All by Sammy Hagar from <laughs> Over the Top. Yes.
Uh, I think that's one of Sammy's best songs. It's poppy. It's great. It's perfect for the radio. And yet it's lost on this over-the-top soundtrack. And it shouldn't be. It should be a huge hit. I've never understood this. And then third, this is kind of a, this is a little bit of a weird one, but I'm going to go with technically in the movie, they were called the bar busters, but this is from the light of day soundtrack. And the song is light of day. It's basically uh, Joan Jett. Right. Cause she was the star of the movie yeah. and Michael J. Fox played her brother and her guitarist in the band in the movie. I don't know if he actually plays on this song. I highly doubt it, but, um, Anyway, yeah, I, it's a great tune. I believe it was written by Bruce Springsteen. And um, so it's got that kind of, you know, New Jersey Springsteen vibe to it. Great song. She sings the heck out of it. I love it. So I'm going to go with that one. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So my first uh, one uh, is the title track from the Back to School soundtrack by Jude Cole. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He's another one I've tried getting on so many times. He yeah. never replies. Yeah, me too. I reached out because I don't know what happened. I, see, I had like multiple Facebook accounts. So I reached out to him on Facebook and I got a response. He's like, let me listen to your podcast and then I'll get back to you. I don't know if he didn't like it or whatnot, but I reached out again to his new account, uh, friended him. He accepted it, but never got back to me. So, because I like... This, his uh, solo work as well, in a couple, at least a couple albums. He even worked with uh, Kiefer Sutherland producing his albums as well. Uh, it's I love the movie. It's when they when uh, Rodney Dangerfield and Burt Young go to uh, the college to I guess enroll or you know or first see uh, Jason their son. But it, yeah, it's it's such a such a great movie, and the soundtrack is definitely uh, underrated as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so my it's a great soundtrack, great song, yeah. great everything. Yeah, I so, yeah. stand by that choice. So, so I'm going to continue with my title track uh, theme here, uh, "Coming to America" by the System. Mm-hmm. Oh, I considered that one too. Yeah, good. Yeah, uh, you you had uh, David Frank on your show. That was a great interview. I uh, I'm, I've been trying to. We've been playing email tag as well. Um, system, everyone remembers, don't deserve this groove. This song they play at the end of uh, the title card. That's at the end. Uh, I mean, Coming to America is such a classic movie. I mean, I, I, I must have four different shirts uh, from the from that movie. You know, different characters. I have a couple Funkos. Uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It, I, I love it. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. And nice. Then, yeah. And then uh, number three, we're going from the Karate Kid Part 3 soundtrack. Uh, I Can't Help Myself When It Comes to You by Glenn Medeiros.
Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so uh, in the movie, Ralph Macchio and his wasn't girlfriend, it was just their friend because they went Dutch on their mm-hmm. date, uh, Rob Lively. Uh, yes. An 80s, you know, so band, you know, Teen Witch and stuff like the older sister of Blake Lively. Um, so they play this song in the bar that, that, or dance club they're in. Uh, Glenn Medeiros, everyone knows, nothing's going to change my love for you. And also tried getting him on. He's, I think he's like a principal or like head of, yes. you know, school in somewhere in Hawaii. Yeah. He got back to me a lovely letter, but never confirmed or denied my request. It was very weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, I've been meaning to try him too. I, I'm, I should admit I'm not actually a fan of right, his. Right. I don't hate it, but I never got into it. But I still would think he would have a really interesting story, which I'd love to hear. Oh, absolutely. So I meant to get him and I've just never done it. That's so funny because whenever I think about it, I think, oh, he's probably he'd probably be really easy to get, and yet it sounds like it's kind of esoteric. Yeah, how it, strange. It, yeah, it was weird because like you know he got right back to me within like a couple hours, and then he like you know wrote in I guess Hawaiian the last thing. So I and I researched what it was. It was like you know thanks and good luck or all the best and stuff like that. Yeah, but it you know it wasn't a no, but it's been a few years now, so I'm assuming it wasn't a yes either. <laughs> oh that's weird yeah but i, I still like your uh, music lens so yeah okay yeah so yeah that that was our list and you know uh thanks again john we'll have to uh come up with another list now i don't know if we do uh you know naked 80s actresses top 10 <laughs> i don't know i mean well <laughs> that could be something but we'll have to think you know Maybe we'll go to the I'd 90s. You I'll know? do whatever, man. Yeah. Anything 80s, you know? Yeah, totally. Well, we'll have to nice. maybe do like the last great decade of soundtracks in the 90s. Uh, I've got lots of 90s stuff, too. Yeah. It's, um, I would say the 90s killed fun because yeah. I feel like the 80s had this sort of uh, uh, experimental naivety or innocence to it. You know what I mean? Right. And everything became very self-conscious and self-aware in the nineties. There was still great stuff out there, but you don't get that same sort of goofy, funny, nostalgia feeling, you know, that it doesn't like warm your heart like the eighties do quite for me, but there's so many good, that would be more of a serious show. Like this is a very good song. It's very dark. You know what I mean? Right, it would yeah. be a very different vibe to that show, but I'd do that in a minute. Yeah, definitely. We'll have, we'll have to do some research and, uh, you know, start recording uh, again. <laughs> you got it. Anytime. Yeah. But, uh, John, uh, any good guests coming up on your show you can, uh, kind of, uh, reveal? <sighs> I hate doing that. Or um, hints. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will tell you, I'll tell you a couple because I think you would appreciate them and your audience might too. Um, tomorrow I'm interviewing the guy who was actually singing for Marty McFly at oh, the wow. dance. Back to the Future. Um, the guy's name is Mark Campbell, and he's with a band called Jack Mack and the Heart Attack, okay. who incidentally appeared in the movie Tough Turf that I mentioned earlier. Okay. And um, yeah, he's actually the voice singing Johnny Be Good at the dance. And I thought it'd be interesting to hear his story and how all that happened, you know? And um, so I'm talking to him tomorrow, and then I'm waiting for confirmation. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but I'm I don't think it'll. I don't know if it'll happen this week, but I think it will happen. John Kapalos, who played oh, yes. Carl the janitor in Breakfast Club, uh, he just put out a new album, right? His first, and uh, I thought, well, that's a great. Since I cover music, 
but I'd really love to talk to actors. Maybe I could tell him to come on and we'll talk about his music for five minutes and then we'll talk about movies for an hour. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm working on those right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I, I had J- John on, and he, he was fantastic, super sweet yeah. guy. Um, I was a big fan of one of his shows. It was a Canadian show called Forever Night, and mm. he played the sidekick. Uh, we spoke about that a lot, as well as uh, Breakfast Club and his uh, Seinfeld guest starring appearance as well, sure. and some music. But you know, it, it's great that you're branching out in, in, into this, because your Joyce Heiser interview was great, but... It's it's definitely something you can kind of kind of incorporate the music. It's you know even if you have like a great soundtrack, why don't you get the actor who was in that movie? You might not be on the soundtrack, but hey, it's your show. You can do what you want. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of my thinking. It's I know I'm so dumb because I know that my listeners don't care and don't right. think about about it that yeah. way. They would. I've heard so many people say what you just said. Why don't you have more actors and actresses? Joyce was great. But in my mind, it's like, no, that's a separate thing. This is a right. music thing, and that's a – I could have – I should have probably called my my podcast something like you did so that it could be an umbrella for everything. But as it was, I went in with kind of one mission. So um, – but I am starting to think about sort of stretching the boundaries a little bit to talk to people who are at least affiliated with movies where there's soundtracks and it makes some sense. Um, one other thing I'll tell you, I don't know – well – yeah, I don't know if your listeners will care, but we're going to start doing once a month a deep dive series where we're going to bring on guests who have already come on the show, come back, and we talk about an album that they played on, and we'll go track by track just hearing the whole story, you know? Oh, that's awesome. Um, maybe they were in the band, maybe they were the singer, maybe they were the producer or the session musician, whatever it is, but we're going to kind of get to know this album very intimately through talking with someone who played on it. And uh I may uh, even – I got a bunch of ideas out there. Some people have already agreed to come on. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of excited about that. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing that because you, you've had amazing guests, and to do that would be would be really uh, a fun listen. I thought so too, yeah. yeah. John, this was great. I love doing this with you, and I look forward to the next time. Me too, man. Anytime. And a special thanks to John for joining me today. Go check out The Hustle. It's on iTunes. It's on Podbean. Go like the page of The Hustle on Facebook. John does a great job. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at the first all 19 Be sure to like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes. Check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud. It's on Podbean. And it's on Spotify. On Spotify, just search Reliving My Youth, all one word. Go to tpublic.com for all your Living My Youth merchandise. Coming up next week on Reliving My Youth, we begin our 35th anniversary celebration of the Karate Kid. We'll see you next Wednesday.